I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 27, verse 55. Many women were there watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he had been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go, make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to, his, ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Ty. Please be seated. Hey, come and see this. You will not believe what we found. These were the words I said to my dad as he came home that day. Rebecca, our oldest daughter, had been creating on uh, my parents' basement floor. By the, by the way, my mom wants me to insert this. We don't live in a barn. <laughs> just just, just want to put that in there. She looked over and saw a set of claws extending them from, from beneath the creation station. Ooh. She, I think she yelled out, now, the creation sta station is just simply that place where crayons and markers and paper and various things were placed that where my girls could use for creating. 
Now, to truly discover what the clawed-footed animal hidden underneath the dresser was, we had to slowly take the drawers out of the dresser to find out what creature had made their home behind the creation station. Come and see. He is risen. Okay, caught you by surprise, didn't I? He is risen. Yeah, well, welcome to Ipsy Free on Resurrection Sunday. We are grateful you have chosen our family to spend a portion of your Easter with. We're a God-loving, people-loving, Jesus-following family. If you're new or a regular attendee this morning, uh, please take a few minutes to do what was instructed earlier. Fill out the connection card. Please just do that. Uh, it lets us know how we can help you in your journey with Jesus. And if you are new today, it is true. You can turn it into one of those lanyard-laden uh, people back there who is part of our connection team and get a free T-shirt. Yep, and also, if you don't have a Bible... Or you don't like the one you're reading. I get it. There are some of those out there. I understand. Uh, we have some in, available in the lobby. Seriously, we do. And we'd love you, love to have you read the Word of God. I, I want to extend a hearty thank you to our hospitality team for breakfast. Who was who here this morning for breakfast? This kind of, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a good, good breakfast. Somebody said, man, this is this is." out of this world. Well, truly, it is always a feast for the king uh, and a delight for our taste buds, always. Well, come and see are the words that the angel said to the woman. It's a question I believe that is still on us today, and the Spirit, I think, lays it over us this day. On this Friday, Matthew tells us Jesus was nailed to the cross by Roman soldiers after a quick and very speedy trial. There the women, uh, the Marys, were watching from a distance as these soldiers under command have executed their rabbi, their lord, and at this point, they're just thinking, well, you know, he said he was this Messiah, but we'll go with teacher. These Marys are not only the only one within our purview of this passage, there are a host of others this morning. Let me just list them for you that we're going to look at. The Marys, definitely. Uh, Joseph, uh, the Pharisees, and then the disciples. The Marys. Uh, they watched from a distance as their rabbi, Lord, and we'll go there, Messiah was executed on the Roman cross. Ever have one of those days? Okay, I get it. You've never had a good Friday like they've had, and I hope you've never had. But we have all had those Fridays, right, where our dreams, our promises, our hopes have been shattered on the tile floor below us, right? This is a glass jar just going everywhere. These Marys, uh, uh, you know, Marys, hope seems to be lost, yet what do they do? They still follow. They followed Jesus. They followed him from and to Galilee and all over the place, as far as we can tell. They followed him to the cross. They followed him at great cost, all to experience this moment of great loss. This is Good Friday, friends. They have walked away now with their head down, and they are dejected. That new hope that they thought they found in him, is it gone? The revived desires of the kingdom... Where did they go? 
They, had, they thought everything was going to change through him. And rightly so. If you pondered, you thought you could figure out what it was like to be there, you can't. You have no idea because you live on this side. Praise, praise the Lord about that, right? But what was next? What was next? So let me ask a question again. Ever had a day like that? Some of you have. Again, we have maybe not seen our teacher, rabbi, and Lord nailed to a cross and executed. Yet you had a dream, a job. Uh, you created it, maybe. It was your own brainchild, and it failed, right? That workspace and place that you thought was going to be the end all, it just didn't become like you thought. Uh, you thought being a nurse was about helping people. I know this all too well. Yet you found out that being a nurse was a lot more administration than it was about people. Yet it's still about people. And it's just not the fulfilling thing that you thought it would be. Uh, you moved to a new place, a new space. You wanted to make friends. Just not, not, if not just a friend, the relationship was going so well. Yet, much like what Jesus experienced at the table, what he experienced most of his life, you feel betrayed. There's a brokenness to the relationship. You have less friends or friends than you thought you did before. That marriage, the marriage of your dreams, despite all the prayers and pleadings, it still did not come out the way you thought you are wondering whether you can even love and live like you did before. That lost loved one, the pain, the hope, gone. You see, while we may not have endured a Good Friday like the Marys endured a Good Friday and others in our, in our passage, we have endured Fridays like that. These Marys, though, had grit. It's not a word you hear often, but they did. As we heard, they watched as Jesus died. They watched as Jesus was taken down, and then they watched as Jesus was placed in the tomb where the rock was ruled over the entrance. They, they watched as Joseph, Joseph and Nicodemus placed Jesus in the tomb. Yep, Nicodemus was not in our passage, but I believe he was there because of another gospel. And not only that, but they walked back, all the way back after seeing him placed in a tomb and engaged in their normal worship, Sabbath. And then they got themselves up and walked all the way back in order to honor Jesus' body. Incredible. They had grit, even though hope seemed to be gone. Now we have Joseph. Uh, Joseph of Arimathea. Matthew tells us he's a rich man, but he doesn't tell you that he was probably a religious ruler, too. The other, the other gospels do. He watched Jesus die on a cross, yet his love for Jesus could not leave Jesus on the cross. We don't even really know where Joseph of Arimathea came from, where he emerged from, but he emerges on this day. You know, Romans would rather leave the criminal on the cross and they would rather see the body just thrown to the wild animals. Yet Joseph and Nicodemus rise up and they 
They ask. They ask for something that is incredible at a great cost. So Joseph emerges as a disciple at great cost. Joseph goes to Pilate to ask the body so he can bear it and place it in a tomb, not just any tomb, a brand new tomb, his own tomb. It was at his cost. So we're talking about not only being outed because he is now a new, new emerging disciple on the scenes, Matthew tells us, but he's outed because he is also spent at great cost and probably to his own family, his own tomb. His own tomb was gone. Joseph's actions of love and loyalty for his rabbi emerged when other disciples were nowhere to be found. Joseph's act of love fulfilled what Isaiah had already told us in Isaiah 53. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. I mean, can you imagine? He just emerges out of nowhere then the pharisees making sure that the disciples could not create a hoax a a spoof on them seek for a security detail over the tomb Pilate truly seems amiable to the request which came to him uh, came to him from the jews he gives joe now uh, Pilate gives joseph permission to take the body down and he now he gives permission think about this and consent for its security detail he's playing both sides it's really interesting uh, but why do the pharisees react like this why do they respond in the way they do well it definitely is not out of love friends i believe that it was out of it was from fear and fighting the truth Uh, The fear of the truth that continues to march on. Now, if I may, can I remind you what Jesus told us about the kingdom and the kingdom as it continues to come. He said that the kingdom is like a little piece of leaven or yeast that's mixed into a dough and that it will continue to grow and grow and grow. He also told us, right, that that if a mustard seed is planted, it will grow into a big tree and that it would house birds. I mean, what seems so insignificant in one moment becomes, well, great in another. Now, Pharisees, let me ask you a question, if I may. Isn't Jesus dead? I mean, water and blood flowed from his side. You can read it in the Gospels. Now, also, didn't the crowd see it? I mean, so the question begs us, right? Why would they want a guard detail? Why would they even need a guard detail? Matthew writes this about uh, the request. We remember that while he was still alive, that the deceiver, think of how they think about Jesus, after three days will rise again. You know, friends, when we live to contain and restrain the truth, we are living from a place of fear. We're living from a place of fear. And when we live in that space and place, truth can never penetrate. It never can. So the question is, who is really the deceiver, friends? If the body is still there on the third day, then the disciples could not claim he had risen from the dead. It would work for the Pharisees. And the Pharisees thought that Jesus' claim to be Messiah was his first error. That's what we're being told. That the security of 
to secure the grave would uh, silence this last and potentially uh, hoax-filled, if I may, uh, work on behalf of the disciples. This is what the Pharisees were thinking. Yet, we come to find out that it only secured the claim of the rivers and Messiah, didn't it? I mean, to put a security detail wasn't anything that Jesus has never worked through himself. Uh, there was nothing they could try to do as much as they might try to contain the truth. Pilate grants the request, which becomes the key to the validity of, one of the keys of the validity of the resurrection of Jesus from the grave. I mean, think about it. So guards stationed at the body would stay and it would not be taken. The security guards provide the security and the proof of the truth. Wow. Let me ask you this morning. As you come this morning, uh, you may be a, a guest, you may be a regular tender, but could this be a little bit of your spirit this morning? Fear? Fear of what the truth may actually reveal and share with you? What are you fighting out of fear? You see where fear and love cannot be in the same place. Well, what about the disciples? Let's ask this question. Where were they? Okay, they're hardly in the scene. They're mentioned uh, only in Jesus' words to the women. But they were scattered by grief and discouragement. Uh, they themselves were, had seen what had transpired and had lost hope. Heads down. We know that Peter denied Jesus. John and God, John's gospel was there at the cross, but he was the only one that we know of. Now the women, seeing maybe how hastily Joseph and Nicodemus, you know, us guys, we don't always tuck in the covers really like we should, prepared Jesus' body. They had off to honor Jesus on this Sunday. They did not go with the des desire to see an empty tomb because that was not in their thoughts. We know it. Their heads were down. They were carrying spices for the body. They may have felt, though, the ground shudder from the angel earthquake of rolling the stone away. Uh, but make no mistake, friends. The angel rolled the stone away to see in, not to let Jesus out. Ah, there. There it is. The, yes, the, the guards saw the lit angels and it scared them almost to death. Now, if you continue to read in Matthew, which I encourage you to do, you'll see that they told the powers that be the truth of what transpired, half scared out of their wits, right? And they cut a deal. Well, the, we're, the women arrive and the angels' words are the same words that the Lord's speaking to us today. Come and see where he lay. Come and see where he lay. If the angel was saying that to you today, come and see, what would you see? How would you come? We know that the cross, if we so believe and accept, restores us to a right relationship with Jesus. We know that the empty tomb gives us victory over death, that we too, like Jesus, will, will be like him someday. But how do you come this morning? Uh, see, these people, these individuals, these hosts, give us a picture of, 
of maybe the different people that might come. Which one are you? Uh, Which one are you that come to the cross and the burial and the resurrection today? Are you a follower? Uh, You, like the Marys of our passage of Scripture, growing in faith and trust, you, you realize and recognize that, well, life gives us bumps and it gives us bruises, but you through your life have kept your focus and your following after Jesus. It doesn't mean that you haven't, well, kind of slipped up here and there, but you recognize and realize that following Jesus is the right place to be and where to place your hope and only the place to put your hope. It kind of reminds me of that old song that is often found uh, for me in these days uh, at funerals or memorial services in the garden. They kind of have this flavor and flair about them. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the son of God discloses. These are the Marys. He walks with me and he talks with me. He tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Uh, What happens when we follow and trust the Lord? What happens when we, like Mary's, find our way back onto the path? Maybe a little dejected by life's uh, things that happen, but we realize that keeping our eye on Jesus is the only way. Uh, That being at the cross, at the burial, and definitively at the tomb to see the resurrection is the only way to live. What happens? I think what happens is exactly what happened to them that day. They got to grasp Jesus. They were intimate with Jesus and worshipped him with great joy. And yes, I think the word fear here uh, that's in our passage is more about awe. Like what is happening? We that have followed, you know what I'm talking about. You find yourself there on a regular basis. If that's you today, if you're a Mary today, uh, find yourself in great joy. Find yourself in great celebration. But what if you're a Joseph this morning? Can I ask you a question? Is it time to emerge? I mean, you've been a follower of Jesus, but you crack the door only a little bit occasionally. And it's been far too long than it, than far too long Uh, And it hasn't cost you very much, if nothing at all, to follow him. I mean, think about it. Joseph is now outed to the Romans and his own, if he is a religious ruler, he's outed to all of his religious rulers. And then he's out on personal cost at a financial side of it, which is pretty minor, I would say. A tomb. Is it time to emerge? Let me ask a few other questions, and I don't mean to be offensive, but I do want to ask. Do people even know that you're a follower? Do they hear Jesus off your lips, that you love the Lord, and that you live for him? Like I said, the tomb cost Joseph, but his declaring he wanted Jesus' body, and embracing, can you imagine embracing the body of whom now you call the Messiah and taking care of him? It's a 
costly venture. So let me ask you, is following Jesus costing you anything? What about the disciples? What about the disciples? Are you a disciple today? Now, that would mean something different if we were in a different passage of Scripture, but they're hiding and they're scattered all because of grief and maybe a little bit like the women, yet they didn't find themselves continuing to pursue and follow. They found themselves hidden and maybe a little hollow. Is it time for you? You've been distanced. Is it time for you to come back back home? And I don't mean to necessarily a church, but I mean to the Lord, uh, to come back home and, and to, to find him as he finds you. You remember the words that, uh, that the angel said to the women, hey, remind those guys, sorry, they were all guys, remind those guys I'm to meet y'all in Galilee. Maybe it's time to get back on the path for your life. Well, it may seem strange to even address the Pharisees kind of in this setting, but let me ask, do you come with a little fear and fight in you? I mean, that may seem like a strange question, but the Pharisees' fear was what, they, what projected their fight. Why did they want it sealed? What were they trying to do? What were they trying to prevent? Uh, you may be here... Not sure whether Jesus is the Messiah, and uh, Scott is absolutely correct. Today's the day. It's your resurrection day, yet you're still questioning. You're wondering whether, did he do all those miracles? Is the word of God true? Hmm. I get it. We need to work through those things. And the interesting thing is that the best place and the best space to work through those questions is not away from the Lord, but with the Lord. We just sang a song a few moments ago that had the word Emmanuel in it. Uh, That's a Christmas word for many of us who are uh, part of the church, right? Emmanuel means God with us. Let me just encourage you, if you're still in that mind, which is absolutely okay but let me encourage you to take the doubt and lean in with God and with others to find out the truth for you that may be the truth for all of us you see there's another side of this Pharisee living that is really tough on us Uh, we have been created I believe to not live in fear anxiousness worry and yet, for many of us, we, we grab a hold of those, and they become part of us, sometimes unknowingly, and I get that, but sometimes we grab them because they're just really comfortable to hang on to. But John, uh, John of one of the disciples says this in 1 John 4.18, he's, he's the one who lived the longest and probably had the most time kind of simmering on what Jesus had said and what he had done. He says this, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. 
So when we live out of these places and spaces, uh, maybe even small crevices of our lives, that it's out of fear or doubt or wondering. I mean, doubt's okay, but doubt given it over to the Lord is where he wants us. We, we then live less than who we are meant to be. And even if you don't follow Jesus, that is a true word. When we live in fear, we live continually, you know, capsing, capping our ability and who God desires us to be. So as the angel comes to you today, just as the angel said to the women as they were, as, as the angel was sitting on that rock, that must have been quite a scene, said, come and see where he lay. What is it that you see? How is it that you come this morning? That come and see this morning is an invitation to each one of us. It's an invitation to make this day resurrection day for you. Now, as I said, it may already be, and that is great. But today is resurrection day. And if that is not declared for, by you, for you, and over you by the Spirit, this can be the day. Now, you're probably wondering, how did the story end? What was behind the creation station? Well, let me tell you. There we were, poised with our tools of trade. I'm not going to tell you all of them. Uh, my dad's position, he's more of the animal tamer anyway, Slowly taking one drawer out at a time, top to bottom, by the way, because he wasn't in the top, he was in the bottom, right? You take him out slowly, one at a time, and looking back at us was a small groundhog in the station, in the creation stage. But the question to us this morning is the same question there was to the women. Come and see where he lay. And I ask you, what do you say this morning? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for your son, Jesus, who paid the ultimate price on the cross of Calvary for us. And Father, not only declared that we're restored because of the blood of Jesus, but Father, gave us victory, all of us, victory over death itself knowing that that's one of the greatest fears we have. Lord, as we looked at our passage this morning, we, we recognize that there are many, many individuals in our passage. And we come, we come looking in again on this resurrection day. What do you say to us this morning? You invite us to come and see an empty tomb. An empty tomb where Jesus once laid. Lord, would you speak into our, our fears? Father, would you, would you remind us to keep our eyes fixed on you as the Marys did of our passage? Father, would you call us out from the from the hidden shadows of our discipleship to follow you with a great cost 
and a great faith. Lord, help us even in our hopelessness this morning. Father, you give us hope. You give us hope and you're making all things new. And to you, we declare all hail King Jesus. Father, speak into us today. Draw us to yourself. Friends, maybe you came this morning and this is, this is new. Uh, you're not a, a Pharisee. You've not had a time or consideration to wrestle with the facts of Jesus and his, his entourage. You've, you're not even one of the Marys, a, a, a Joseph, or, or a disciple. But you hear that there's hope found in Jesus, and you wish to have that hope that is based on one who declared that he would die and he would rise, and he did what he said he would do. You want that kind of hope in someone who does what they do. Uh, Let me encourage you this morning to say yes to Jesus, uh, to begin following him as much as you know right now. Here's a prayer you can pray if that's you. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy, grace, and love found in and through Jesus. Save me and forgive me from my sins. I give you my life and choose to follow, love, and live for you. In Jesus' name, Father, we are grateful for the life we have in you. We declare all hail, King Jesus.